When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. I always fly in the same underwear. I fly, I, I fly two. Uh, somewhere like to a place in Captain America, and I fly home in Spider Man. Always. Oh my God! No, no. You, okay, I'm. This is a real question. You're kidding, okay. right? No, absolutely not. I love it. Absolutely wow. not. Yeah. You fly somewhere. So that uh-huh. means you have multiple Captain America underwear. No, to choose no. From I have one Captain America yeah, and one, one Spider Man. So I've my 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 to the destination is Captain America, and my home from the destination is Spider Man. Always. Yes. I love this. I always have a D23, a, a, a D20 on me. I have certain rituals that I always What's do. What's a D20? A D, oh. 20 sided oh, oh, no, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the dots. Okay. Yeah. yeah I so I always have one on me. I've always got my Marvel underwear. I've got a, I, I've got a ritual. Well, I do. Oh, oh my god, I love you so much. So you can much. never you like DC underwear would be anathema, right? Like DC No, no, no. Underwear. I've got some D No, I've got I've got okay. a great Oh man, one of my favorite underwear. I literally have Batman underwear with a removable cape. 
So there what? is a there's a, a cape over the butt. Uh, over the butt, a small Batman cape well, over the where butt. Where do you find you these? They do butt. not. I cannot believe they make grown man they do. underpants. Oh, it like gets this. worse Capes. because not only not only do I find them, but my wife will also buy them for me. Oh. Well, okay, I want to I want to break down the cape over the butt. Okay, does your butt is your butt flying your butt somewhere? Needs a cape. It might be <laughs> its it own might, cape. It's, it's got its little. Cape. It's got a little utility belt around it, like a little Batman utility belt I'm and a dying. cape. Um, it's the way well, it should be. Now I've got a cape on my chair. Look at my chair. My chair I is have Batman. To start cape. drinking again, again, see, just see, because Batman the cape. next time I fly with Will, I don't want to think about the fact that I know what underwear <laughs> what he's underwear wearing, is? and yep. now I we do. I will. Yep. There you go. You're gonna know. You're gonna oh know my gosh. LA. Yep. I, I have a uh, pair of Deadpool underwear that I wear when I do uh, our panels too. Oh, wait, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, the question for me becomes: You don't have lucky underwear that you wear for <laughs> no. certain things. Oh my wow. god! No. Wow. Absolutely not. Interesting. I, great, great Deadpool. I've got a really good. Um, I like the fun kind of underwear. Or funderwear, as I like oh, to call no, them. Oh no, you said funderwear. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. Like the Bob Ross ones were great until I kind of heard that his family kind of gets screwed out of the royalties. So I don't oh. really wear my Bob Ross ones anymore. Right, right. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's not cool. But uh, oh yeah, no, you. I run the gamut. I've got some DC stuff. I had my eye in a great pair of Aquaman uh, shorts, but the the underwear, but they were gone. Like I, you turn your back and they're gone. <laughs> so you got to jump on that when you get the chance. That's pretty amazing. much. Yeah. Well, all right. These were things I I never never knew and probably never needed to know, but um, somehow I'm actually really happy I know them. You know, closer I've, to you, always, Will. I've always heard that like actors are suspicious people. You know, that yeah. they have superstitious. Rituals. Superstitious. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Why did you say that, right? No. Superstitious people. It, I mean, you know, you have there's so many rituals, right? Like everyone has yeah. their lucky socks. Everyone has their like you can't say the Scottish play in the theater. You know, there's all these traditions, and it's like yeah, because. You have to make something up. You have to believe in something magical. You have to completely convince your brain that like, oh, I'm actually this person on stage right now, or I'm experiencing this real emotion. I mean, that is a superstitious process. Like that is, dude, I had, it it gets bad, but it also gets bad too, because I had a, a hat that I wore for every single recording session I did for every animated series I did or every voiceover for years and I was sitting there one time wearing it, and one of the actors turned to me and said, if you lose that hat, are you never going to work again? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah. And it got into my head where I was like, oh, I need to break this habit of wearing this thing every time because in my head, I'm going to be like, I, my hat fell apart. I'm never. So I literally just started to not wear it because it got to be a thing. And it was like, right. yeah, it can't be a thing. The underwear is more just fun. It's not like anything bad's going to happen to me if I'm not wearing mm-hmm. it, but it will. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Just saying. I don't have uh, any of those. I don't have any nothing, of those. You don't have any no, rituals that you do at all whatsoever. Nope. Like nothing. And I'm not talking, because there's some like Chris Farley was famous for uh, apparently being kind of OCD, where when he would go onto the stage, run on the stage for SNL, he had to touch certain things a number of times, lick certain things a number of times. Like it it got to a mental illness. Right. Whereas, yeah. but you don't have anything where it's like, all right, there's always change in my left pocket or there's always the, I wear this or I do that. No, no showtime rituals at all. Oh, well, like I definitely have designated pockets for stuff, but that's mm-hmm. not like a- That's just like, an organizational you, you, tool. That's an organizational tool. Yeah, there, no, no, there's nothing, there's no ritual. There's no magical, like, you know, I don't even knock on wood. You know, I've noticed you knock on wood and all that stuff. Oh, I stuff. knock on wood yeah. all the time. I mean, I liked our traditions backstage. I liked yeah. our, okay. our, you know, you, Will, you and I had our 
handshake or oh the high five yeah, yeah and then we pretended to bash our foreheads into each other yeah the football um, high five football high five right uh and then we did the scream backstage but yeah I mean, yeah, I, like I, mean those. I, I think when we were on Boy Meets World, I did have more of them because I think there was consistency to Boy Meets World where I could have something like, you know, I think for a long time I wore that uh, a yin yang thumb ring. I think okay. I was like obsessed with making sure I had that thumb ring on for a while. And I was, I had a, th- it was like, well, oh, I'm never taking it off. And yeah. I think maybe. Are I we going to see this on the show? This is quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. You'll, I had I'm the same sure. necklace for years. Yeah. You wear the same yeah. necklace. Yeah. I think I did. I don't remember it. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I definitely had a thing about gum. I chewed gum all the time. And yet, you know, obviously you shouldn't chew gum on camera. So I think I had a thing about like always having a piece of gum in my mouth until right before we went out. Then it probably went on the gum wall. The gum wall. Um, And so I know I know I I probably had more of them then where, you know, every week you're doing the same thing and it's easy to get into like, I like to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, But when, you know, and I I did for a long period of time insist on stopping my gas in the car, like when I would get gas on an even dollar amount. And I inherited that from my mom who likes to do do it. And but then I would have this anxiety if it went over by a penny and then I'd have to go up to another dollar. And then there were multiple times my car (laughs) gas tank overflowed gas pouring out of the side of it because I was trying to get to an even even dollar amount until one day I literally just one day said, this is dumb. I'm not doing it anymore. And I haven't done it since. So. I don't. I still I don't do really it, but just attached. for fun to see if I can stop. Like to me, it's more personal failure. Like, oh, 51. <laughs> like, but other than that, yeah, it's I'm not. It's not like a thing. I just I like to see the zeros. Well, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong, and I'm Will Friedle. I am so excited about our guest today. I say that every week, but it's true. We've had so many amazing guests, and I'm I'm always excited about them. Um, We have Christine Lakin with us today, who played Al Lambert. Her full name was actually Alicia Lambert, which I don't think I knew that. I think Hmm. I just always knew her as Al Lambert. She did 160 episodes of Step by Step, which was a TGIF. I had no idea that they they went that long. They beat us by two, really? Yes, by two episodes. They also did seven seasons. And um, she is also heard on Family Guy as Joyce Kinney. And she is now directing for shows like The Goldbergs and High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. And most importantly today, she guest starred on an episode of Boy Meets World called Getting Hitched in Season 6. So please welcome Christine Lakin. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. 
It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. 
And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books, promo code WORLD. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you all. You just had a big weekend. You were... I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell us about your weekend. Um, my son turned four. Super exciting. Your I know. baby is four. I can't believe it. It wow. really makes me want to cry. Um, <laughs> he turned four and we were going to have a pool party at Grandma and Grandpa's because, you know, it would spin only 105. Right. Yeah. So right. when you're right. thinking as a parent, you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make this happen. Well, what can we do? Pool time. So I had the whole thing set up. And then Saturday was rain. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. right. The one one day in four years it rains. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Murphy's Law with me all the time with these parties. So I'm like driving, you know, on Friday and I'm realizing it's rain and I'm like cold calling magicians. I'm like, I'm like calling people. I'm like, do you know any entertainment? What can I do here? Oh my God. So I found someone. Sam Shazam showed up. He was great. Yes. Um, Wonderful. What a name. I don't even need to know what he does. Sam Shazam. He's amazing. <laughs> so we had the party on Saturday and that was really nice. And then yesterday I hosted the Burbank International Film Festival. Oh, cool. Whoa. Incredible. Yes. And there were some really exciting movies in this festival, I have to tell you. So it was very fun, but it was a very long weekend. <laughs> yes, that's a long no, weekend for sure. So I'm excited. So I was talking about you last night with my husband because we, you know, Jensen Karp is one of the executive producers of this podcast and we were talking about having you on and he said, where did you and Christine meet? And I went, I don't know. I'm, I had the exact oh, same thought. I honestly, this morning, Me I was like, too. when did I actually meet Christine? It was like, no, we just kind of were in each other's yeah. lives. Yeah. Like yeah. all the time. But I, I, I have no idea when it first happened. And that's what I, so that's what I was going to ask. Is this just a thing for all of us 90s kids who grew up doing this stuff? Do we just yeah. not remember where we, where we met? Or do you actually have a memory of it, Christine? I, I don't have a specific memory of the day that like we all met, but I do know for a fact that because of us being in the same block of TGIF, yeah, I right. feel like we went to certain ABC parties yes. together. Yeah. Like yeah. there were, you know, there were things like that. Um, I definitely remember um, Danielle, you and I would go to some charity events. All, uh, I have so many great pictures of us at charity events, like around <laughs> Halloween yes, when like we would bowling. hand out. Can- yeah. Bowling Halloween where we handed out candy to people. Yeah. Um, I do remember. I think that's, I think, because, yeah, that's the other thing is that I'll say to Jensen, like, oh, probably one of those parties. And it's like, we really sound like we were partying in the 90s. And we we really weren't, but there were a lot of, I guess, functions where they were bringing us all out, everyone from even, not even just the TGIF block, but like kind of all the ABC stars yeah. and shows and there were abc events and and then and obviously- that was just the network events there was also like tiger beat would do yeah. something right there was Beat would like do a, something. an event right yeah yeah and then That's like right. ronald mcdonald was always a really big one my mom was very into you know me doing things for charity and um and i always really enjoyed that too so we did a lot of make a wish and things like that yep. you have to remember i lived in atlanta so i didn't have any friends in la really and so all of these events were kind of like my social outlet 
Right. So I would meet people and see people, but it's very strange because now, I mean, she would take pictures at all of them. And I was going through stuff last year because they were, my parents were moving out of my childhood home. The pictures I found <gasps> wow. of some of these events uh, with like people of all kinds. I mean, it was like people from the cast of Melrose Place. Wow. And like Tatiana Ali, Jenna Von Oy, like yep. any kid that was on a show, yep. like the kids yeah, from Home Improvement. Each- yeah. Yes. Yep. Lots of those. Do, were you, I have a question going back to when we met in the weird places we would hang out. Were you sure. at the famous like Tiger Beat paintball day where they just handed us oh, all man, that guns was so much and we fun. were shooting at each other? You guys did a paintball day? You right, were there. You had to have been there. there. Oh, yeah. There. I Shiloh, had, you know, okay, I go ahead. had tennis ball sized welts <laughs> on my body. We went paintballing? Dude, one yes. of the most no, vicious I things I, I still there. have ever Maybe. seen to this day is Jenna Von Oy, who I think I might have been dating at the time. I don't know if we had broken up yet, but we were definitely still friends. Was I forgot you dated Jenna. I did, yeah. We're oh we're gosh. on with both of your red Toyota Celica convertibles. Yes, no, she had white. She, hers was white. I was red. No, I, hers was red. I thought she had a Matching. white one. Oh god! Wait, I am almost positive hers was red. Maybe I could I because I knew all. I knew for Mine was my red. whole life, all I wanted was a red Toyota Celica convertible. But I thought, and I thought it was because of Jenna. But maybe it was you. Uh, I don't might know. have been. Mine wasn't a convertible. Well, you'll see it. I still have it. Okay. By but, the way, um, Jenna and I lived like next door to each other. She's the best. She's like the nicest person in the world. I know. Weird, I was obsessed with the her. The weird world. Which that we is all why what I witnessed was so horrifying, which was we're on different teams and she like falls down and goes like, hang on, hang on. And so the ref comes over is like, okay. And she stands up and walks away. She's about six feet away. And the ref goes, all right, game on. And Shiloh pops up out of nowhere and pops her twice in the back from five <laughs> feet away. Oh my God. And like, you just hear, ah! and Jenna oh, going no. down and then Shiloh running away. Oh, all right, so that... Shiloh was there, but you don't remember me being there. You were, I were... I, you were, you were there. It was, it was, Where we was drove this up. in the world? I want to say we drove up together. It was so. Some like far away. I think it yeah. was like an Angel and Vicky kind of weekend. It was like an Angel and Vicky thing because then it started uh, yeah. a bit of a paintball like obsession Castaic, for me. Like yes, it was of, like exactly yeah. like in a Castaic yeah. or on yes. the way to Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. guy, and I, I I forget his name, which is so terrible, but the guy, the kid from Baywatch had like his own guns and, and like brought his own stuff. And we were like, okay, let's stay away from this kid. Like he Wait, was like. the kid from who? The guy from Baywatch. Who Jeremy was the young Jordan? Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. Jackson. Jeremy Jackson. Jackson. Jeremy yeah. Jackson was armed to the teeth. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think I went to that. I do remember getting invited because Vicky would, like, come and do step aerobics with us. Oh, you PE. did step aerobics at Step oh, by so Step? She yes. Went- <laughs> yes. Can you believe step it? Step by Step by Step. Step by oh Step my God. by Step aerobics. Oh new shirt. New T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> she would come. She and her husband had that that uh, company, and they would go right. and they would train. Oh, I didn't realize kids. they okay, trained so you guys too. For, for wow. our listeners, for our listeners, you've heard us talk about this a couple of times. We had Angel and Vicky who owned like their own personal training personal company. Personal Edge. Yeah, that's right. It was we'll called Personal it. Edge. I couldn't believe you remembered yep. that. I still and the they shirt. Were, they yeah. were hired by I don't know who the production the, company or Disney or the studio and and they would go around to all of the different sets and train the kids for their PE time. Right. And so like play, you know, yeah. basketball with you or if right. you wanted to do step aerobics, which I did. They would do <laughs> Of course. Um, they, of course you <laughs> wanted to do step aerobics. I think there was like I one I day I got it. I was like, "Angel, I should actually work out." And we like did push-ups. There was like one time. Wow. And uh, it was always just like hanging out. Yeah, it was Jonathan Taylor was, Thomas throwing elbows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was scared of the paintball cuz I think I remember Jenna telling me she got welts 
And I was like, that doesn't, I don't think I can do it. I think I'll perish. (laughs) It was vicious. I mean, it was just like a double tap to the middle of the back at five feet. It it started for me a bit of a paintball obsession. I went multiple times. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's a picture of you. me somewhere on like the cover of a paintball magazine. Oh my <laughs> yes. God. I, I find that. It's actually, it's at the place where you play paintball. <laughs> Come All right. on. Anyway, you have to on. find that. I, oh man. I don't think I do have to find that. <laughs> oh um, God. So Googling another thing, right now. yeah, another thing we have noticed about us uh, child actors is that a lot of us seem to have started acting at the age of 10. How old were you when you started acting and how did you get into it? So professionally, I think my first job, I was eight. We moved to Atlanta when I was six and um, I, you know, I was always very tiny. So doing like team sports was a little bit of a challenge. So my mom got me involved in dance because it's like, well, you move to a new city, like get involved in something. And so I was doing lots of dance and I saw that there were acting classes at this studio and I wanted to know what that was. And I had been doing, I mean, I've been putting on plays on like under the mantle of the fireplace my whole life. Right. So my mom basically said, it's, you know, a class where you act out characters. I'm like, oh my God, like Carol Burnett, sign me up. Right. So <laughs> I, I basically started acting classes. The, after a couple months, the teacher said, you know, I'm also a manager as, as many of, of them are. Yes. Of course, of course. And uh, she said, I, I, have you thought about putting your kid in commercials? And my parents were like, you know, I roll, not really. Well, she seems to like it. Well, we'll go on a few. We'll just do it for fun. Yep. I book a bunch of national commercials. It, my mom finally says, well, maybe we should get an agent. <laughs> yep. So that I kind of fell into it in that way. And then I was doing yeah. lots of theater in Atlanta. And then I booked a couple like small movies that came through. And I was doing with my theater company, doing a show at a resort in South Georgia. And a manager from Los Angeles happened to be there with her family vacationing. And, um, and then, you know, she and my mom just decided to, they hit it off. They decided to just keep chatting. And a year later, my mom brought me out for spring break uh, to do some like auditions and like make a demo tape. Because right. you know, there was no Zoom, and I yeah. lived across the country, so I made this like Beta Max, you know, tape of me doing this monologue and like crying and whatever. <laughs> and um, Bob Boyette happened to see it, wow. and I mean, talk about it's all kismet. Um, he saw it uh, randomly from the control booth, um, and two months later, they were casting step by step. They had cast someone else in the role uh, and then she couldn't do it. And they pulled out and they, I was like the last person to be cast and seeing everyone. And finally they, Bob Boyette was like, get me that girl who was crying in the monologue. Let's see her. Wow. So I get home one day and they're like, my dad's like, they want to see you in Los Angeles for a, for a TV show. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. No one flies across the country to to audition for a TV show. (laughs) And my dad was like, you know, we got the frequent flyer miles, like, go for it. it. Why not? It's unless you don't want to, that's fine too. So I was like, no, I mean, I kind of want to. So I came out, I auditioned and literally the next day I had the job. Wow. And Miller Boyette at the time. Yeah. Miller Boyette was like, it's like being found by the biggest of the biggest in TV. I mean, Miller Boyette was doing everything. Yeah. I mean, legend, like happy days, Laverne and Shirley, like all of the shows. Yeah. So yeah, it was wild. And so then did you move to L.A. full time? Did your family come? How did that work then? So my mom came out with me. We obviously we shot the pilot. Um, and then it's like Stacey Keenan. And it's like all these people like Stacey Keenan. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I'm like I'm like freaking out. Like I had watched her growing up. Um, 
And, you know, I kind of knew who Suzanne Summers was because I used to watch reruns of Three's Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like a real rerun kid. Like I watched everything. I didn't watch Dallas, obviously, but enough of my mom's friends told me who Patrick Duffy was. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, Stacey Keenan's mom was like, ah, these pilots. They never go. Don't move out. <laughs> don't, don't do it, kid. Yeah. yeah. And my parents were not in the business. Like they wanted to just, you know, keep me very normal. So right. we decided to, when it got picked up, we got an apartment. We lived in the Oakwood. Of as course, yes. the Oakwoods. Oakwood, you know, you just rent everything. Yeah. It's like corporate housing. So we lived there for a little while. And then after, you know, um, a few months, we've been doing the show. We got robbed. Whoa. At the Oakwood? At the Oakwood. Tell the story. Oh, I don't oh. know. I this I never heard about a robbery at the Oakwood. I haven't either. I thought it was uh, that was frowned upon at the, the Oakwood. The dark it underbelly is. of oh. the Oakwood. Well, we lived in the one in the marina because we worked oh. um, the first couple years we were at Culver Studios. I don't know. Oh, wow. So, okay. I don't know, like Venice, you know, I was going to Venice Beach all the time. I was like buying like the crystal yeah. necklaces. I lived, I lived at the Marina Del Rey Oakwood for a season. Yeah. You okay. did? Really? Yeah. yeah. Pre, pre Boy Meets World, uh, when I was filming a show called Julie with Julie Andrews, I lived at the Marina Del Rey uh, uh, Oakwood. Because you were shooting on Culver City as well? Or, yeah, they must, must have been. Because that's oh, a Oh, yeah, hike. yeah. We were at the, um, yeah, we were at Culver City Studios. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. That's did so, you also wow. get robbed there? No. Then let's that get back to horrifying. Christine's robbing. <laughs> Christine, please. I'd like to hear about you getting robbed. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to Books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code world. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. 
If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Well, we come home from rehearsal and like my mom, I'm like doing homework or something. My mom keeps asking me if I've seen stuff. Christine, have you seen the stamps? No. Have you seen my camera? Stamps? They stole your stamps? Stamps, y'all. They stole. They were mailing so many things. They had so many things to mail. Um, And they had to mail your camera. um, Yes. Because they're friends. Uh, So then my mom's like, check your jewelry. And I'm like, huh? So I go in my little, you know, with all my little necklaces and things and everything's gone. gone. All the crystals you bought from Venice. All the crystals from Venice Beach. My Game Boy is gone. My mom's jewelry is gone. Our video camera is gone. Like it was, you know, not all the things, but it was, you know, so. So they either were very clean robbers or was your house just regularly looked like it had been ransacked? It didn't look ransacked. It was only like when you opened the drawers, you saw they were looking for very specific. Did they, did you, I'm sorry, this is where my mind goes. Did you go to like the security? Did they check the tapes? Did they do like all the whole thing? Or was it like, hey, you got robbed? I like security. He's obsessed with security. He wants to know about security everywhere. I want to know what security situation is. Did they check the tapes? I don't think there were even tapes back then. No, what? But the deadbolt had been tampered with. (sighs) But they thought, because, you know, there were all those gates, like, at Oakland. Yeah, good security system there. Good security system. The cops thought maybe it was an inside job. I was going to say, it's it's probably someone you knew. Yeah, someone. Wow. It was yeah, your mom. Someone had knocked uh, it's your on mom the door. Did it. Try and scare you out of Los Angeles. <laughs> someone had knocked on the door a couple nights before, and 
either trying saying they were selling something or looking for an apartment and oh they had the mm. they were totally casing when we were gonna be oh there. yeah oh, they were oh yeah wow. but here's what happened so my mom is obviously like really distraught it's, it was scary i was sure. like sure. Yeah. i've been in los angeles for a month and a half and like we got robbed like this does not bode well and what i will say about like not only those producers like miller boyette that show they rallied around us they mm. got out of that lease they literally put us up in a hotel oh, and, and they so took nice. my mom and like with somebody and they showed her like two or three apartments and like they had people from the production company, you guys, they came over and got all our stuff out. Of oh and, like, my gosh. That's wow, awesome. That's amazing. And then that I sounds came like a really good environment. It yeah. was just really lovely. And then like, I remember walking, you know, into rehearsal like the next day and Patrick Duffy had a um, like a Best Buy bag. It was a different kind of store, but he had bought me a new Game Boy. Oh, what a guy. I was just like, really? Yeah. So then we moved to Park La Brea, which is like the other, it's like the yuppie like townhouses. <laughs> right. Would they have better, city. do they have better security? Do they? Well, I was going to no. ask. I was going to ask. They had really good security. We lived in the big towers. And Smart. they were like Smart. these old from like 19, I don't know when those were built, 1940s or something. I had outside my window was like a view of the Angeline poster. Oh, yeah. Yep. The best. Oh, I love that poster. Yes, yes. So crazy. And, you know, it was fine. It was just a lot of older people lived there. Yeah. So basically lived with like, it was like, in a, I felt like we lived in like a geriatric. And place. so what year was I, step I was by just step? Gonna, just going to ask okay, that same I'm question. Trying to, yeah. Were you guys yes. 90? What, what, what were yours your first season? Um, 91. Okay, okay, yeah, I thought they I knew started you guys before. Us. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, 91 to 98. And so it wow. sounds like, just from the little bit you've told us, it sounds like the environment on set was really great. But tell us more about what it was like on that set. What was the environment like? Do you have a favorite memory? What? Who were you closest to? And who yeah. did you hate? Who was the worst? Yeah, yeah okay. give us some juicy, juicy detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were all, we were close. And it was a, it was really idyllic, I have to say. Like, we had a very close-knit family. Um, a lot of those people had worked for Miller Boyette before. Um, we had Inger. She was like our like craft services lady. She was mm -hmm. Swedish, so lovely. And she would be like, you know, she was just like a mama. Like she was making things for anyone and everyone. And, you know, six kids on a show. Oh, it wow. was like, it was a lot going on. Um, and we had three different studio teachers. I shared a schoolroom with uh, Brandon Call. He mm -hmm. never wanted to do any work. Um, <laughs> I was in this like school in Atlanta and they were still faxing all my information and FedExing everything faxing. else. We would always go back to Atlanta. So once every three, four weeks, we'd have a hiatus. My yep. parents were like, my parents were like, here's the deal. We're not going to disrupt our life. The most important thing is her education. And she's in this private school in Atlanta. And we're not just moving out here, like basically on your whim. Right. So on your dime, you'll send us back and forth. And they were like, okay. So Great. I went back home like every fourth week and had a normal life. And then I lived, you know, in Atlanta from like, like February through July. Um, so, uh, but anyway, the set, like set life was really fun. I mean, I don't have brothers and sisters, so it was definitely, it was like a brand new world to be around that many kids all the time. Yeah. Um, so like Stacy and Angela had a teacher, the two little boys had a teacher, Josh and Chris. And then I was with Brandon and he was like, always like reading like car magazines and like whatever. <laughs> and he would like read them behind his like math book. I mean, <laughs> all right. So I have to ask since you met Brand or since you, you've talked about Brandon yeah. um, from one sitcom older brother to another sitcom older brother. Um, 
Jason Marsden, I think, was, you know, who's still my yeah. bestie, uh, was on the show. And I think he was there when Brandon got shot. Yes. What? Um, can you what? talk about that? Yeah, Brandon Call yeah. got shot in, a, yeah. in like a drive-by shooting in a car. We had some weird moments that happened yeah. on the show. So it, I believe this was like the second to last year. Um, yeah, Jason had come on the show playing Rich Halke. was such a great energy. Um, we just loved yeah, Jason. He, he was yeah, so he, fun. Fakes he, was he fakes it. He was great. Um, and, uh, uh, and Brandon was one night, you know, Brandon always had fancy cars. That was his thing. And one night he was driving home. He got in some kind of altercation with someone on the road, some kind of road rage altercation. And they ended up kind of like he and this other person were like kind of racing on the road. And, and Brandon thought he got away from this guy and turned into a neighborhood and it ended up being a dead end. And when he turned around in the cul-de-sac, the person was waiting for him. And so he just like drove really fast as he fast as he could past him. And he kind of put his head down like this. And the guy shot him like six times. Yeah. And he was hit here. Never heard this. Yeah. Went like went through one arm and out the other side and hit the other arm. And yeah. Yeah. And he was like really lucky that he survived that. He drove to a police station. How do you know where a police, this is pre GPS, you guys like, Oh my gosh. And he shot six times. Yeah. Yeah. And basically just like got out of the car and like, like passed out on the steps. It was wild. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I will say like, I don't know for sure, but I really feel like that in some ways, I mean, that will change you as a person, yeah. um, a traumatic event like that. And I feel like he, um, he just really had no interest in being in the spotlight anymore. Yeah. You and can't I blame him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yikes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of crazy. And I and mean, when was that? That was probably 96. Okay, yeah, so he had been, you guys have been doing the show for five or six years at that yeah. point. Yeah, totally. And wow. he was out of school. You know, I was like, I think I was probably almost like a senior in high school or something. So right. we were in the schoolroom together or anything, um, which is like really when we were all like in school together, we were all like hanging out a lot and going yeah, into that's the when you school were rooms really and playing jokes yeah. and pranks. And then once the older girls, you know, were out and Brandon was out and then it was just like me and the two littles, you know. And yeah. I was like deep in high school. And so I had like a million tutors and I was like underwater all the time <laughs> writing <laughs> some freaking paper or whatever. And so. were you still by like the time you were in fifth, sixth season, were you still going home every fourth week to Atlanta? Wow. wow. You kept every that pace up through board. all seven seasons. Yes. And it wow. started, we like ended up just keeping an apartment in Los Angeles because it just became, you know, so yeah. crazy. Um, and, but yeah, I would go back and forth all the time. And it, you know, it was, I think like at the end of the day, when I think about it now, I think it was really smart on my parents' part because I don't feel like I really, as much as I missed of like a normal life or normal high school, um, I still have very vivid memories of that. And my time there, especially like in the spring was so concentrated um, that it it really felt like I kind of had the best of both worlds. I would say to my mom, I can't go back to Atlanta. I don't have any friends. And then I'd go back and then I would love it there. And I'd be like, I don't want to go back to LA. (laughs) I don't have any friends. (laughs) I know. I, I, cause I mean, I had a very similar experience. I wasn't going back to Atlanta. I was just going back to Calabasas high school, but I also every week went back to my regular high school. So I got to go to every football game, every school dance. I I have very vivid memories of being in high school um, and also was still able to work. So I also feel like I got the best of both worlds. It's very hard. And while 
while you're in it because there there is no any sort of like, well, I'm behind a week now, but that's okay. I'll make it up, the, you know, a month from now. Like you really have to be on uh, exactly with where your school is, but it does make it does make you feel like you get to real like live a normal life. Totally. Did you feel like when you went back to school, any of like real school, did you ever mm-hmm. feel how, what was the vibe like? Did people care? Were they like, who cares? No, I mean, I, it was a lot of the same kids I had gone to junior high school with in junior high, junior high, they cared a little bit more. Cause I was also brand new to Calabasas. I had come from orange County, so I didn't know anybody even from elementary school. And it was kind of like, I got there and was already on the show or had just started the show. And so they didn't quite understand it. They were like, what are you doing? Where do you, why do you get to leave for three weeks and then just appear? But by the time I got to high school, we were in three season three or season four and nobody cared anymore. So it was just yeah. like, ah, oh, Danielle back and, and, you know, it was no big deal. Which yeah. Was- it's, it's interesting. I also feel like in LA, it's kind of a different story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Just, yeah. You know, or they're just like, they, they, they care, but they really like, they yeah. pretend like they don't care. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Is, There's a is, whole other story. A whole other ball of wax. I mean, imagine this. I start seventh grade at a brand new school and I'm also on this TV show that like is the prime audience. Like everyone yeah. there is the target yep. audience. And so I remember going to my locker the first day because I wasn't there for the first three weeks of school or whatever it was. So this, the buildup had been happening. Yeah. Oh, this girl and she's not here, but she's new and she's on a TV show. And what? This is crazy. <laughs> and I remember like putting something in my locker and like turning around and there was like a sea of people just surrounding me. Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. Getting ready to like ask me questions. Like it was crazy. It definitely wore off. And by the end, you right. know, by the like middle of the first year, nobody cared anymore. But-, right. but did it make you feel popular or did you feel like people thought you were like an outcast? No, I felt like it was a complete liability. It's not cool to be famous. I, let right. me tell you this, because yeah. um, especially in high school or in, yeah. in middle school, because you you always think that other people think that you think you're cool. Right. You know? Yes. And so you're constantly like downplaying yeah. all of it because you just yep. want to blend in. You just yeah. I don't think I'm cool. I do not think I'm better Jeez. than anybody. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like, I'll talk about it if you're interested. But then the more you talk, the more people are like, oh, she doesn't talk about herself. And you're yeah. like, no, I, I was just trying to be nice. I was just trying yeah. to answer your questions. Oh, you know? my God. So like, I, I mean, Stacey Keenan and I talk about it all the time. She was like, oh, my God, it was a total liability. I never wanted to talk about the show like with like anyone in high school. Like, I just wanted... You know, I just wanted like everyone to like forget about that I did that for a living, and yeah. Well, she also came <laughs> off of of uh, my two dads too, yeah. so she was like one of those those real kid actors with it. She was on TV most of her life by that point. Totally. You and, and then I have very similar. Away, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. She you, completely you, walked out of she's the like, industry. She's a lawyer. She's a like a she's DA, so cool. isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. It's not. Yeah, she's a criminal prosecutor. Prosecutor. Yes. Yeah. Can you it's imagine amazing. that? Like I was just so cool. put in jail by the girl from Step by Step. <laughs> Like that would be, that's what would be weird. Be like, I'm almost like, can you sign my, my writ of, uh, no. Um, so so yeah, yeah, you and I have very similar stories with that because it's like, we were both from, like, I grew up in Connecticut and right. my parents weren't in the industry and it was kind of then like, you'd come back to the people you knew. And anytime you opened your mouth thinking you were just having a conversation, it was then like, oh, you're now you're fully yourself. Like you asked me the question, like, what do you, you know? Yeah, but they didn't have to, to churn butter in Atlanta. You know, again, I am no longer taking the wrath for that, hearing that Ryder had to literally stoke the fires at his his high school. So, uh, yes, Uh, unbelievable. Can I ask you a question just very briefly going back? uh, um, Because we've talked about, Danielle Ryder and I have talked about this, and so many young actors, I would say 90% of them start in commercials. Do you remember the first national commercial that you did? Oh, yeah. 
I did a commercial for Six Flags Whitewater. Ooh. It was the water park version at Six Flags in Atlanta. And we shot the commercial in like March. Oh my gosh. Freezing. <laughs> in Atlanta Freezing. in a water park. Oh nice. Freezing. <laughs> I'm they had, in they this... had to get it done in time for the season. So exactly. you're shooting it. Oh it wasn't God. open yet, right? So <laughs> I'm in like, you know, the, the lazy river. And then in like one point, they like had us like going in the big waves and we're like, the waves are shot. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they, the part of the commercial they use is me in the lazy river because you know I'm just like oh, look like yeah. you're having fun kid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know you're shivering just, just keep I, smiling oh I my was God. so excited because they gave me makeup you know because my lips were blue <laughs> I could not hypothermia was setting time. in so wow <laughs> I mean I did six flags and then I mean I did all kinds of weird ones sweetie pups that was another what one is, what is a sweetie pups? pup what is a sweetie pup they were like these little dogs they were like my little ponies but they were puppies oh. and you can like do their hair and stuff like that I did mayonnaise yes. commercials I hated mayonnaise that was a real nightmare I had PTSD oh, for that one a lot of banks you know, wow! Um, so yeah, great. it was fun though. They were really fun. I enjoyed them. The food was amazing, I and mean, the catering was always listen. Craft service on national commercials and on shows—it is really—it comes up so often on this podcast. And I <laughs> and I realize how much we sound completely food obsessed because we're like, I know. oh, the catering was delicious. Oh but Danielle, we've talked about this. This is normal life because again, if my wife and I, eighty percent of what we talk about is what we're going to have for lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I know. That's food is hugely but important. But also when you're on a set, when you're not working, when you're not actively working, all you're doing is sitting around. Like yeah. people yeah. don't realize yeah. how much sitting around sitting goes around. on on set. And now yeah. granted, when we were kids, we were shuffled into school. But when mm-hmm. you, if we didn't have those three hours of four hours of school, we, the only other place to gather is around the food. Like it's yeah. around craft service. Or, that's where, and or you just sitting hang in your up. dressing room alone. Sitting yeah, in your dressing room. That's when Tony Quinn came on the show. We started picking up hobbies. So every day yeah. he and I would go to you a shooting range. We'd go play day, right? golf. We yeah. play cards. We go bowling. It was like, cause they would say, you know, you'd finish by the time the show starts to run. And Christine, you know this too. I mean, it's like your first, second season. It's all about the work. I mean, it's always all about the work, but it's all about the schedule. And mm-hmm. then by six or seven season, we were down to like four days a week. Yeah. We yeah. would have to, come in at like noon we would be done by four i mean it was one of those things so there's times where it would be like we are three hours off let's go play golf i mean it was just right. there's yeah that's what now, you would do because you're moving along i heard a story recently correct me if this is wrong but recently i was on a set and i learned of a very famous actress who wrote her lines in some kind of invisible not invisible to her but like in some kind of removable pen in any like doorways door frames or if she was at a desk on a post-it note she had her (laughs) lines written everywhere so no matter where her blocking was she would just look and she could read what her line was kind of brilliant i was like that sounds crazy who would do that and then i read somewhere that you did the same thing is that true (laughs) No. no. So the story is that's the thing that Patrick Duffy would do. Uh, he would ooh. sometimes write things like around, like in a, you can tell, like watching the show now, because like Stacy and I have been rewatching it. Um, Stacy never watched the show. 
She's never she's right. Right. Like, right. 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 Yeah. Writer's yeah. never seen it either. Okay. So she's watching it for the first time and we're talking about it and I'm finding it really fascinating. Um, are you guys doing a podcast? We are. Okay. Yay. Okay. I want, we'll talk about that in we a second. Are. Yes. Okay. Go on. Um, but, uh, but he would, he would constantly do things like that. He also directed a lot of the episodes. So oh, you can quietly really... see him like kind of nudging you to your mark or like <laughs> oh, taking you out of his life. Rusty did. Or yeah, like Rusty used to do that. Constantly. Yeah. And Suzanne, she could never do that because she couldn't see the line. Like she had, a, she had reading glasses. So she would be able to like see. But you can constantly see her checking her mark. She's mm. always oh walking to Frank. She's always checking the mark. So no, I, I never did that. But we did joke about it on Hollywood Darlings. That like, it was like something that I would do. Just, oh, and it was really so... just a takeoff of what Patrick Duffy used to always do. Oh, that's hilarious. Is it, it, Danielle, can you check the time? Is it time for to talk about MASH? Because um, on MASH... Oh, my gosh. Are, let's see. Are we 60 or 70 minutes into this are podcast? Are we there? Yep. Because We're, on MASH, time. every time Alan Alda apparently was operating and he was looking down at the, at the body, it was actually just a piece of felt and his script. So he could right. read yes. the lines as he was operating. I, There's my yes. MASH for the day. I yes. get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you're like the lead of the show, like Ben always had everybody's lines, but there was times where he, it's like he had six pages of dialogue to himself and it was yeah. kind of, I can get writing that down somewhere or, hey, my script yeah. is tough. You know, Rusty would always take, do the notes, do everything on the script and then sit on it. Don't you remember that? He'd stand up and then yeah. like. And under the couch. Under the, the couch, couch or yeah. under the chair or whatever, just because it was right there if he needed it. So everybody's got their own little, little. Oh yeah. Tricks. Uh, we we yeah. were constantly hiding things under that couch. I think, I don't remember who it was. It might've been the friends reunion, but then like when they pulled, uh, they pulled an old couch out to do like some kind of reunion and there were still script pages. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's about right. That's about that's right. That's amazing. So <laughs> everyone does it, you know? Yeah. And you ended up becoming very close with Jody Sweeten. And you guys are still very close. We are. Um, Who, like, what other friend circles, like celebrity friend circles, did you run in in the 90s? Who were your closest friends? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, I was really close with Angela Watson when we were on the show. Mm -hmm. The two of us were, like, thick as thieves. We were, like, sisterly. Um, You know, I I think from like all, I mean, I was close with Jenna because we lived in the same building and her family would come out. Jenna Von Oy. Jenna Von Oy. She had a younger sister. Um, I mean, obviously I would see you guys quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Brighter, we were in, we're in, we're in acting class together. Young actor space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We did young actor space. And Danielle, you were there too. I was there too for a little bit. Yeah. Is that that Bruce? Bruce and then that, Diane. No, that yeah. was a different Diane. thing. It was Diane's. Uh, yeah, Diane was the one who ran Young Actor Space. Okay. Um, it, she was amazing. And um, yeah, that, that was like the best okay. acting class in Los Angeles for kids. It was so good. Yeah, it was okay. so good. And that really became like my, so- I mean, that, that was, was a social like my yeah. social circle. Yeah. 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 So Kelly Martin was in that class, Nicole mm-hmm. Tom, David Tom, David Tom, Lindsay mm-hmm. Price, um, Luke right. Edwards. Yep. Jeez. Um, who else? Um, and then just like a bunch of like young, like, especially as we became young adults, like a bunch of like people who had just graduated college and they right. come out and Chad, um, Chad Gabriel, like, yeah. So Jeez. that was kind of like my crew. You know, Did you date any child actors? Well, I don't know if we'd call it dating. I mean, obviously it, when we're like 14, is it really dating? Yeah, but really you know, dating. the teenage dating. Yeah. I did go on a couple of dates with Andrew Keegan. Oh yes. oh, oh, yes. I think everybody did. I think did. everybody did. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> no, Ryder, you didn't? Ryder's the only one. Oh. Um, I'll ask him why he wasn't interested. I know. And then, um, 
I think he was really the, the, the only one I had definitely had a crush on, uh, some of the home improvement boys mm-hmm. and why I would like see them where I would like always like flirt, but nothing really matriculated wow. from that. Um, and then I had a couple like boyfriends in, um, Atlanta, but then as season, I want to say five, four, five, maybe of the show, we, um, we had a new character come on. This was right before Jason, I think. Um, he was Flash and he came on and he was this like crazy guy who was like one of Frank's, I guess, like um, assistants. And anyway, he was played by a guy named Jeff Juday. And I know Jeff. Jeff, yeah. Jeff and Jason were really good friends. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Jeff came on the show. Um, I thought he was super cute. Mm-hmm. I Very think nice I was guy. like 17 at the time and he was yep. like, I don't know, early 20s. And then we went on a, uh, we did a Disney trip. I'm sure you guys did too. Did you ever film oh, at yeah. Disney, Disney World? Disney yeah. World, yes. So um, we're filming at Disney World. Stacey and- Keenan was actually in the episode where we went to Disney World. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah sure. let's, not, right. let's not even get into that, please, yes. please, people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Will was I was behind. not invited. Will was not there. But, I had but- a, the biggest crush on Stacey Keenan my entire life growing up to the point where I said to, to our producers, I would love to get Stacey Keenan on the show. They do, and then they fly everybody to, to Disney World, Including and they're her. like, and you're yeah. staying home. Like, hey, thanks. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. Because oh they're God. the worst. It was so much fun. I don't know. It was oh so much fun. Okay, so go on. Don't Don't let Will bring us down. So. So, um, so we go to Disney World and it's just, you know, you're having, sorry, Will, you're having the best time the because best. you have a host right. and the you're going you on the rides yeah. Yeah. and like, mm-hmm. there's no school. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'll do it later. I got to ride, you know, Tower of Terror. Yeah, um, sounds awesome. And, I know. And Jeff and I are like, start going on rides. And then like one night, me, him, um, Angela Watson, like her boyfriend at the time, we all go to like downtown Disney. Oh, and yeah. we're like dancing and we're like at mannequins and we're on like the rotating dance <laughs> floor. That's so and, funny. and he and I like kiss. And we're like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, and I had just like the biggest crush on him. So then we have to leave Disney World. And that was our last episode. And I have to go back to Atlanta and he's going to LA and I'm like crying. I'm crying in the transport van. And I've had the time of my life is playing from Dirty Dancing. And oh. I'm like, I'm never gonna see it. <laughs> and I am heartbroken. We end up dating for four years. No really? way. First boyfriend, like my wow. real first boyfriend. And he had been, you know, it, for all sorts of reasons where they had to bring Bronson Pinchot on and blah, blah, blah. He is, his character didn't continue, but yeah. he and I did. And, uh, yeah. and he was like really into theater. He took me to the Amundsen and the taper. And I mean, he was just, he, you know, he, he was really like, nice. Like he was really just a nice. nice guy. And every, the thing so I remember nice. the most about him and he was not a big drinker. So I don't want to like, in any way, shape or form, but any restaurant you go to up to and including Burger King or McDonald's, he'd try to order a beer. <laughs> what? And so it would be like you'd be at like, like a bit that you'd be did? at like a diner and he'd be like, Yeah, can I can I get a beer? And they'd be like, No, no, we don't have that here. It's like, Hilarious. okay. No, but it was just everywhere we went. Like, can I get a whopper? And if you have a beer, like, nope, that's not they don't they don't have that here. But I just <laughs> remember so him random. being like the nicest person in the world. He was just a yeah. sweet Aww. guy. Yeah. He was a really sweet guy. He actually yeah. was just out here. He has two children. And so we still keep in touch. And oh, that's cool. out here we all went to dinner, yeah. I we, don't think he ordered a beer. He's gluten-free now. So. Oh, that's okay. good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Wow. We recently had Marla Sokoloff on, and we yes. talked a little bit about it, how um, a lot of us went through just some very serious actor burnout. And so mm. considering you also did seven seasons of Step by Step the way we did seven seasons of Boy Meets World, did you ever experience like just total burnout? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Get me away from here. Get me back to Atlanta. Or did you just 
did you never experience that? You know, I don't feel like on the show necessarily I ever experienced that. I I had such a specific relationship with um, acting because I, it was the thing for me that was like my fun. It was my outlet. And my parents were always like, well, that's great. But you, you, we always, we also expect you to get really good grades and like that comes first. So for me, it was more like I experienced burnout with, I think the, the schedule, the workload of school Mm -hmm. coupled with the stuff that I really wanted to do. And that was at times, especially like preparing for college and doing college applications. I just had a lot on my plate and I feel like there were times at which I felt, yeah, like I couldn't do it all. Um, I didn't really experience actor burnout necessarily until I was a little older. And it's just like the constant auditioning. Yeah. Mm. I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I started directing because I was just like, I don't think I can keep doing this the rest of my life. I don't, I've been doing this since I was a child and I just, I love to work, but the constant auditioning, I need a break. It doesn't, I don't enjoy that part of it personally. How did you get into directing? Um, so uh, gosh, um, about 10 years ago, I, you know, I had started to experience that very thing that I was just discussing. And I thought, you know, I, I got to start doing my own stuff. That's where I think I'm happiest. So I started writing. I took a couple classes. I started, you know, I had some ideas. I, I made a, um, I made a really silly mockumentary digital series called Love and Lakin. Um, and my friend at the time had a documentary film company. So we had all this equipment and he's like, let's just do something silly. And I was like, okay. So I wrote this stupid series and I, I was doing a film called um, You Again. So all these, you know, people were, I was around all these people. So like Kristen Bell did an episode and Kristen Chenoweth did an episode. I got Jamie Lee Curtis to do an episode. Wow. Uh, Bornheimer. Anyway, it's basically about this girl named Christine Lakin who used to be a child actor and thinks everybody knows her. It's like a comeback right. the office. Yeah. And we had it's such funny. a good time filming it. It was just silly. I put it in a bunch of film festivals. We won some stuff. It got bought by Hulu. Um, so that was really like the first time that I did something that was mine. And I was like, I had more fun doing that and not making any money from it. It wasn't about that than anything else. And so that kind of got the wheels turning. Um, And then at the same time, I, I have this other life as a choreographer. I know (laughs) I've seen. Jeez. I know. It's really. Tell us a little bit about that because I didn't even know that was going on. And then I saw you posting about it on Instagram and I was like, holy cow, she has like a full blown other side hustle. I do. So I, I, you know, like I said, when I moved to Atlanta, I had been in dance. So I was like a competition dancer before step-by-step happened. And then all of that kind of went away and I sort of started to go back to classes and like, I was trained, but I was never going to be like, so you think you can dance? Like I wasn't that good, but I do have a background in dance. So when I went in my twenties, when the show ended and I was going back to theater and I was in acting class and I found a theater company and I found a home. And really for me, it was about like, remembering why I love to do this. And I had to keep that going so that I didn't spiral out of like trying to get the next job and like trying to be who I once was. And like all of that, I think can lead you down a really, for me anyway, a very strange rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So I got into the theater company and a a lot of times in theater in LA, people are like, well, we need someone to choreograph this number. Can anyone dance captain? I was kind of me. So I started doing it just for my theater company. Then my name got passed around. I did it for a few more, you know, productions. And I got nominated a couple of times. <laughs> and then I went to do a movie called so- Reefer Madness in, in um, Canada. And I was there just like hanging out, waiting for my scenes. 
And the choreographer said, would you come skeleton crew for me? And I said, sure. So I helped her build some dances and then she hired me to be an assistant on a film. And from that literally eighties just started to, my name would get passed around and I, they would just start to call me. And the thing that I realized I was really good at was communicating um, the language of dance to people who are non-dancers. Right. So I was really good at, yeah, Yeah. not only meeting with an actor who looked at me with fear in their eyes and (laughs) said, I'm not a dancer. (laughs) We're not, I don't know, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, we're just going to like play. It's like, yeah, (laughs) I would disarm them completely. Yeah. And then I would see very quickly what they were good at and what they like. Some people you think have rhythm don't. Right. Um, so I would really break it down. Yeah. And I would like make it very simple, find out what they were good at, keep it clean, hire people around them to make them look this way and that way. You know, I would kind of like talk to the director, the producer, you know, we would film it. I would change it considering what they would want, whatever. So for 10 years, maybe more now, I've been doing that on all kinds of shows. I've worked on um, Westworld. I've worked on True Blood. So cool. I've worked on 90210. And then I got season one. Um, I started doing it for the Goldbergs. And around season five, I think, I was sitting there and waiting. And I'm watching all these directors because you're waiting forever, as you know, for your scene. You've already rehearsed with the cast. And so you're waiting and waiting. And I just thought to myself, I'm an idiot. That's the job I should be doing. I'm mm-hmm. watching all these directors yeah. and I'm like, yeah. why have I not been doing that? So that really started me on this new trajectory of trying to figure out my way in. And it's as, you know, as you would probably know, writer, it's, it's mm-hmm. not linear. You know, I didn't go to film school, um, but I had all this information. I knew the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just had to give myself more practice so that people and more to show for myself that so that people would take a chance on me. So I started directing everything I could get my hands on. Funnier Die shorts, a Friends short, a pilot presentation, a music video, like anything I could do, I did. And I got in a couple of women's advocacy groups and I was still choreographing. And I really think it was the combination of me being a choreographer and then having and having been in the business a long time. It took many years, but of, uh, of advocating. And then I was... I was trying to get on the Goldbergs because that was sort of like what I thought my easiest way. And I was shadowing. I was on your show shadowing. I was just yeah. shadowing and shadowing and hoping someone was going to give me a job. And um, I was choreographing a number on the Goldbergs. Uh, I was pregnant at the time, newly pregnant with um, my son. And um, I remember talking to Wendy McClendon. We were doing some kind of flash dance thing. And, you know, we were talking about female directors and how they would just like to have more of them. Um, but there were so few and they were always working. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and we just had a really nice chat about it and um i think a lot of the actors at that point on that show trusted me yeah Yeah. with me and it took a long time but they i think a lot of people put in a good word and you know how these things happen it's kismet and timing and so i literally had i ended up sending adam goldberg a bunch of my stuff but i was like oh i'm probably never gonna hear like you know i was really kind of at the end of my rope of like i don't know how i'm gonna get into this And um, I had literally just had my son. This is four years ago. I just had my son. And the day after I gave birth, my agent called and said, I know this isn't great timing. But they'd like to give you an episode of the Goldbergs and it shoots in seven weeks. And I was like, awesome, sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. And I looked at my husband. I was like, I don't know. What do you think? He's like, well, how, first of all, how do you feel? You can, you can reserve your right to say no. 
Right. You know, even yeah. in a couple of weeks, if you don't feel well, I was, I had a really easy birth um, yeah. with my second. And I was like, he's like, but I think if you should do it, he's like, I will make sure this child lives. You should do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I was like pumping and going to work and yeah. And so that was my first one. Amazing. And then luckily, very thankfully, they liked what I did and they've had me back a bunch and done a, some other stuff too. And so good you for know. you. She's hysterical. The, Wendy, Wendy is the best. Is, oh man. I was the such best. a fan of hers, especially on Reno 911. And then yeah. Sean uh, is, is Sean Giambroni is to me is a living cartoon character. He is, and I say that in the most phenomenal possible way you can imagine. He's, he's the sweetest little lamb. He incredible. really is. He's yeah. not changed at all. He's incredible. I talked to him last week. He's he's <laughs> incredible. Such a such a fun guy. Well, but he I is. Have, it's like he's so happy to be there. You know, he's always. just still. Yeah. Always. I have an amazing picture I will give to the Pod Meets World Show Instagram uh, of Christine and I at one of those bowling events that yes. we went to. And yes. Andrew Keegan was there and Casey Keegan was there. Yes. And Casey. I am wearing a Batman Returns t-shirt of course you are yes. of course sounds, I am. That and it's a great picture of christine and i and um i have so so many of my little tgif 90s memories involve you christine and and even <laughs> yeah. though we can't remember exactly how we met uh you are just an indelible part of my my teenagehood and i mean well same for all of you i have like yeah. very specific winner whether it's like you sleeping over at our apartment. I think you came over for a sleepover once or like, Will, like, I think I helped you move or I helped you, so, did, you, you I helped, helped someone move. You helped me move. It okay. was, it was <laughs> Marsden and somebody and we, and you all just showed up to help me move from one apartment to another yeah. in the same building. It was like having to move one floor up. Yeah. That yeah. Was so Spider, cute. Like, like filming, you know, Buck Naked Arson for Buck two weeks. Arson. That was like one of the best experiences so I've fun. ever had as an actor. Yeah. It really sticks out there as like one of my Was favorites. that at Redwoodshire? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we shot a movie right after Boy Meets World ended. The summer after, we shot a movie at my parents' property. It was one of the first high def digital films ever. Like we got the we got wow. the cameras that George Lucas had like not taken for Phantom Menace. We got the other cameras, but they were like you know <laughs> the high, the, the, it was like the new latest technology. We shot a feature in twelve days, which back then was just unheard of to make something that quick. Now it's kind of standard, but back then we shot yeah, yeah all of my parents' property. But we just had so much fun. We were just like camping out and like. Staying up until sunrise because we were shooting nights. Oh, so much fun. It was the best. Was it was really And then you brought me on Hollywood Darlings, which was just yes! a ton of fun. Which was just <laughs> a ton was, of fun. Oh, my gosh. That was that a was, fun episode. Yeah, that, was, yeah, really that was a really fun job. I have to say, you know, like getting to do something like that with people you love and bringing all, you know, friends in and like just the, the improv nature of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why more things aren't like that. Um, I was just talking because to more people won't allow it because because right. all the, the networks and stuff don't allow it. That's that's the but answer to that, unfortunately. And I mean, even as a rehearsal process, even as a director, I think about, you know, having people talk about their characters or talk in character about yeah. who they are. I mean, it's such a valuable tool to have. And I wish that there was, you know, more rehearsal time to do stuff like that or even just improv scenes between characters. Because yeah. I think it's, I mean, it was just really the best. So fun. Christine, tell everyone where we can find you and where we can see you and tell us about your podcast with Stacy. Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at yo Lakin. Yo, Lakin. Um, <laughs> and um, our podcast is called, we have an Instagram. It's called Keenan and Lakin give you deja vu. I love it. And that will be coming out shortly. We have like a few more episodes to film in season one. You know, she's a lawyer, you guys. She gets 
a criminal case. And she's like, I'm sorry, I got to put these people away. And I'm like, you got real work to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so very soon, probably sometime this fall. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, always fun to catch up with you. And um, you're, you're a mom inspiration. We didn't even get to talk about the fact that you have two beautiful children and a fantastic husband, but you're always like such an inspiration for me, both, both work-wise and personally. Um, I just well, I look here, up to you in so here. many ways. <laughs> same here. Thank, thank you for you being with so us. So good to see you, yeah, So good to see you guys. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WORLD. Books, promo code WORLD. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. 
Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. I don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> the, worst, the worst, right? She God. is just terrible, isn't she? <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's just, you know what I, one of the things I just love about her so much is never once do I have a single memory of her where she's ever been anything other than just totally her she is one of the most authentic (laughs) genuine people there's no airs about her she's just who like who you see is who you get she's also always smiling always smiling it's amazing and helpful when i was pregnant with adler and i knew absolutely nothing about what was about to happen to me i knew i knew you know you're a first-time mom you don't know anything she was one of the only people to pull me aside and say listen, here's going to be some things you're going to need to do. And here's going to be how you're going to feel. And yeah. here's what's what's going to happen. And and I don't want you to feel blindsided by it. And she wow. just gave me, and she put me in touch with people who were able to, like, I mean, she was phenomenal. And um, yeah, I mean, I've talked to her about directing stuff. Like I, I and I remember, because she was saying she, she was shadowing on Girl Meets World. Yeah, she shadowed so I me knew, and Shiloh. Yeah. yeah, I knew when she was trying to get into directing. And I remember, you know, watching her do it. And now to see the amazing career she's had yeah. um, and will continue to have is is just wonderful. But it I also, I also has her. to be said, a wonderful actor. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I never watched episode. I, I realized as we were going into this, I was like, I don't think I've seen a single episode, which is, you know, maybe not that crazy. Part for I never the course watched of our show. Yeah. 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 But I don't know what that show, I mean, I have like an image of like, it was like a family show, you know, and I knew, but it was really working with her in acting class and then working with her on Buck Naked Arson. I just, she is such a good actor. Yeah. And yeah. I always, always thought like, just like always brought a professional attitude you know, like you said super positive um and but genuine but then also just talented like yeah. she could make a scene come alive such yeah. a good actor she's incredible so i'm yeah. so glad that she joined us for that and um our next episode will be that we are recapping season one episode 14 the b team of life it aired originally january 28th 1994 so we will see you all later in the week with that um you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show, and you can also buy our merch. Merch. Podmeetsworldshow.com. And um, we get your emails this uh, this last week. I'm not going to say what yet, but boy, did we get a lot of emails about 
one particular one subject, day. one over thing. Over and over and over. Boy, did we hear about it. Um, so I would like to say email us, but unless you're going to, if you if you write, just write about anything other than the llama pen. We anything know about other, the llama We pen. know about the llama pen. Okay. We got it. I don't know what that is. If somebody could send in some emails about that, I'd appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. If you insist on writing more about the llama pen, we will have to close the email down. <laughs> Thank you guys for being with us, Will. I think it's you. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.